testimonies are powerful things. We can help others by sharing what we have overcome. In Revelation 12:11, it says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Today we have a special couple with us, Scott and Colleen Blair from spirituallymindedministries.org to share some of their testimonies to inspire you, not only by what they have overcome, but also how God has worked in their lives. Well, hello everybody. This is Marcus. And Trisha. And we are... The Messengers. And we have a very special episode today. This is actually not going to be a a regular one of our episodes. This is going to be a a section in the testimonies. And we have two special guests in the studio kitchen today. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Scott Blair and Colleen Blair. And they're going to be sharing with us today some testimonies that they've they've overcome and and come through and just... uh, how the, how the Lord has blessed them. That's right. Yeah. So would you guys introduce yourselves? Good afternoon. My name is Scott Blair. And I am Colleen Blair. And we are the Blairs. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, um, Scott, do you want to go ahead and start, or do you both want to just kind of begin from... Well, I'm going to start off with the, my conversion. That To me, that is a really... Uh, a very very powerful thing you know it's a it all started when I was a child in um, in 1974 I went to a little Baptist church in Center Point Alabama with my aunt Sandy and near the end of the sermon I was sitting on the very back row and I was doing things that 12 and 13 year old boys do you know I was chewing gum and I was not paying attention but uh, at the end of the sermon, something caught my attention, and I focused in on the on the preacher, and he was looking right at me, talking about salvation and heaven and hell. And I thought, why is he looking at me? What did I do? <laughs> and he started making the invitation, and I seen a few people up in front of me go stand up and make their way to the front, and I thought, there ain't no way. <laughs> I'm going up there. I'm thinking that the whole time I'm getting up, going up there. And it was like my feet were dragging backwards, you know, like I was being drugged up there because I was, I kept thinking, no, no, no. But uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm up there kneeling down in the front and crying big old tears and all that stuff. And my Aunt Sandy was real proud of me and we got home from church and I went and got in the swimming pool and smoked cigarettes and swore and everything else I was doing before I got, before that little event in my life. And I never really thought about it anymore after that second or third day after church. So we can, that was in the summer of 1974. And then we fast forward to November the 10th in 1994, 20 years later. A little over 20 years later, I am, uh, I can't even remember anything about that day, except I know I was alive and that I got up and I was a, a truck driver, a long haul truck driver and had been for many years and, but the, nothing special happened on the 10th of November, but on the 11th of November, <laughs> that all changed. Yeah. I can remember at, at 1 11 a.m. on November the 11th, 1994, is when everything changed in my life. And here's here's how it all began. On November the 10th, I was in Clearwater, Minnesota at the Clearwater Travel Plaza. And I've just come, I had my truck in the truck wash. And I've just come out of the truck wash and I see this guy come pulling his, his name is Barry Suggs. And I recognized his truck and I seen him pull in and park and so I'm thinking, well, I can have supper with him, I guess. He was he was a member of the cult, is what I called him. <laughs> I, I had at the time I had hair all the way down to my belt loops, and was a pretty rough character. I didn't have a, I, I only loved myself. I had a wife and two beautiful children, but I only I loved them, but I loved me more. Yeah. And uh, Barry and his 
followers, like I called them, there was there was three of them. It was it was Barry, and and these are truck drivers too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call them by their truck driver CB handles. Okay. There was Cracker Jack, Doc, um, Tom Cat, and who was the other one? Anyway, just make up a name. <laughs> there, there was at least those three. There, there's one more. Oh, it was a tree climber. Oh, wow. So there's th these four, and they ran in a pack. And everywhere they would go, they would tell you how much God loved you and how much Jesus died for you and how much this and how much that. And, you know, really what I heard was blah, 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 blah. You suck. You're a sinner. You're going to hell. Blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So about three months before this, I was sitting in a truck stop in Glendon, Minnesota, and I was by myself. And Glendon is just a little tiny community on the North Dakota-Minnesota line off I-94. And I'm in this little truck stop. It's called TJ's. And I'm in there having a bowl of chili. And I see Cracker Jack's truck pull in. And I think, great. Here's the cult. <laughs> and then I seen Doc's truck. Man, I seen Tomcat. Man, I seen Tree Climber. And I thought... Yeah, this ain't gonna be. I'm by myself. We're ganging up on you. <laughs> I'm by myself, so I immediately thought, well, I know how to handle this. You know, I'm just gonna talk ugly to them when they come in here, and they will run away from me, which is exactly what I did, and which is exactly what happened. But these men have known me for, it, some of them, upward of upward of ten years, so they knew exactly how I was, who I was, what I was capable of. And they came in, strolled right over to my table, said, you mind if we sit down? I said, yes, I mind if you sit down. And they sat down anyway. <laughs> so I proceeded with plan A. I talked ugly to every one of them. They all looked at me like I'd pulled out a, some kind of a shotgun and leveled it at them. And uh, they looked at one another and they went to another table. And they got done with their meal quickly and they left. And I thought, yeah, that was the end of that. Little did I know, and I didn't discover this till later on, that... Uh, they went out to my truck. I never used to lock my truck because I would go into places like Chicago and Atlanta and Miami and Dallas and big cities like that. And if you lock your truck, somebody wants in it, they're just going to break your window. So I decided long time before that, I just won't lock my truck. If they want my stuff, they can have it. At least my windows won't be broke and I'll just go get more stuff. So uh, I never, never would lock my truck. Well, these guys go out that night that they caught me in Glendon at TJ's. They go out and uh, they have a little prayer meeting right outside my truck. They know it's unlocked, so they unlock it. They anoint a prayer cloth, pray over it, raise up my seat and stick it in the cushion <laughs> up underneath my seat. And uh, I didn't know it for months. Didn't know that thing was there. Until this episode on November the 11th. It was later on that night, about 9.30 at night, Barry comes pulling in the truck stop. And, and so I'm walking across the truck stop towards his truck and he gets out. He doesn't even see me yet. He gets out and, he, and he's looking in the sky. His mouth is moving, but I can't hear what he's saying. He's looking in the sky and he's looking around and he's got this, what am I doing here, look? And I said, are you lost, Barry? He looks at me and he says, oh, uh, no, I'm not lost. I just don't know what I'm doing here. I said, <laughs> okay, you know, to an unsaved person, that sounds like you're lost. So I said, well, you're here. You might as well come on in. I'm fixing to have supper, and I'll let you eat with me. Yeah, is there anybody else with you? He said, no, no, I'm by myself. I said, all right, well, I can, I can probably stand you, so come on. <laughs> so we go inside, and, and, the, and we're walking inside, and I said, what did you mean? You said you didn't know what you was doing here. He said, well, Scott, I never stop at this truck stop. He said, I always stop at the one six or seven miles before this one. Mm -hmm. He said, but when I, I was coming up to the exit, he said, my steering wheel wouldn't turn. Huh. I said, what? He said, my steering wheel would not turn. He said, when I got to this, this exit, it was like I couldn't make it stay on the interstate. So I mm -hmm. got off this exit. He said, so that's why I say I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> he said, but I've got an idea what I'm doing here. Well, that didn't make no sense to me. An un unregenerated mind you know I'm like whatever dude you're tripping you need to get your truck looked at because that could cause a problem if you're speeding down the highway yeah. so we go in and eat and um, back then in, in truck stops you know they all had phones 
you know, you go in a truck stop, there's always a trucker section. And that's all the truck drivers sat there. And they had phones right on the wall. You could pick them up and dial out and talk to whoever you wanted to. So we're there, and uh, he's, he's looking at his little notebook. And I said, what are you looking at? He said, well, I need to call my wife because I've got some prayer requests. I said, oh, no, you're not going to start that, are you? He said, no, I'm just going to make a phone call. He said, do you need prayer for anything? I said, no, I don't, but my brother does. Oh, really? What's your brother need prayer? He gets his pen and you know, and he's like, I'm ready. What's your brother need prayer for? I said, well, when I get home, I'm going to kill him. And he said, oh, well, huh? I said, when I get home, I'm going to kill my brother because he's doing some stupid things at my house. I've asked him not to be doing those things as long as he was staying with me, but he's doing them anyway. So when I get home, I'm going to deal out a little hillbilly justice. And, uh, and I'm probably going to kill him because he's a big old guy and I'll have to hurt him to make him understand. And once I start hurting him, I don't know if I can stop hurting him until he can't feel it no more. And uh, he said, wow, that's pretty drastic. And I said, yeah, I know. It's, you know, my brother's, he's largely ignorant. He didn't, you know, this is what it takes for him. And he said, okay, all right, well, we'll pray for that. And so I, he gets on the phone, he's calling his wife, and he's naming off these other things. And he says, yeah, and Scott needs, we need to pray for Scott and his brother. And I was like, you know, Myman, not me, not, I'm not the one that needs prayer. But he, you know, he goes on. And so that ended the whole religious conversation for the time being. We talked about trucks, and, you know, at the time I hauled uh, bulk potatoes for for a potato chip companies like Golden Flake and Frito-Lay and Lance and Tom's and you know everybody knows Cape Cod all of them I hauled potatoes to all of them that ended that that part of it we get out of there and we start going down the highway you know back then truck drivers all of them had a CB radio and we were talking to each other on the CB radio and he said well where are you going I said well I got to go up to this certain potato farm in North Dakota and I'll be loading there in the morning going to Birmingham he said, me too. I said, oh, yeah. really? Yep. I said, well, then we might as well, you know, truck on up there together and yeah. keep each other company and so we can stay awake and all that. And mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 good idea. So we get going up through there and he said, hey, man, how about if we go to this other channel and talk on that channel? I said, yeah, we can do that. So it's channel 32. At 19 is the truck driver's channel. Everybody talks on that channel. But, you know, we're going to have a... A little bit different conversation so he's like uh, let's just go to channel 32 and we won't be disturbing nobody and I said that's fine yeah so we go to channel 32 and, uh, and he said something about living forever and I said well Barry you know that's a really a nice concept but uh you know you're just like me you're gonna die one of these days he said well Scott my body's gonna die you're right but I will live forever and something about that went off in me. And I was like, what? I said, I, I don't understand, Barry, what, you, what it is you're getting at. And he, so he started telling me more about the, the plan of salvation and began witnessing to me. You know? And uh, in just a few minutes, I'm not even listening to him no more. But I'm, I'm looking in this, you know, the passenger seat because I'm not alone in my truck anymore. And I'm... And I know I'm not alone. Uh -huh. And I keep looking and behind me in the sleeper and I'm like, yeah, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Keep looking over there. And uh, Barry, I, can, I don't even remember what he said. I could hear his voice talking, but I can't remember what it was he was saying to me. Yeah. But uh, he's just talking away. And, and uh, pretty soon he goes silent and he's like, are you still there? I said, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to comprehend all this, you know, and and still hadn't thought about the the day in Center Point, Alabama, in 1974. Right. Hadn't thought anything about that, but I'm thinking, wow, what? I mean, this is this is something different. I'm, you know, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, somebody else is on the radio, and he said driver everything he's telling you is the truth wow and i look at my cb radio it's mounted up here you know and i i think <laughs> great god's talking to me on a cb radio and this other voice said no i'm not god 
and that is what kind of blew all my stuff out of the water. He said, in fact, I'm a farmer and I'm on my way to Minneapolis because in the morning I got to pick up some tractor parts and I don't want to make this drive, you know, in the morning. So I, I drive at night and I'll sleep in Minneapolis and I'll be able to pick up my tractor parts first thing in the morning and come back home. Mm. But he said, what I was doing, he said, I was in prayer driving along here on I-94 going eastbound and I'm in prayer and the Lord said quick turn on your CB radio there's a conversation on channel 32 you need to listen to Wow. Mm -hmm. he said so I turned my radio on and here this guy's witnessing to you about the Lord uh -huh. and I, I said hmm <laughs> <laughs> and he said uh, the really strange thing driver is uh I'm not even sure this radio is hooked up. I haven't had it. I haven't even had it on in over five years. I said, well, it's on. I mean, it's working. And he said, well, you need to be listening to that guy because he's telling you the truth. If you've never heard the truth, he's telling you the truth. Yeah. And about that time, he started crackling and fading. And I never heard his voice ever again that I can recall. By this time, we're about 40 miles from Glendon. And Barry is talking to me about the Lord and stuff like that and we're getting close to TJ's truck stop where you know months before I'd spoken ugly to him and his his cult followers and, <laughs> and, and ran them out of there so uh, I'm asking him questions he said he said Scott do you believe in God I said you know what Barry I said yeah I, I believe God exists I said but I also believe that if somebody like me gets in his presence I will be blacker than the most burnt piece of toast you've ever seen in your life. That's that's what I think. He said, "No, Scotty loves you too much." Mm. And I said, "Well, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure of that." And he said, "Well, I am." And he said, "In fact, we're coming up to TJ's. Would you like to pull in there and pray?" And I said, "Barry, I don't even know how to pray." Mm -hmm. He said, "That's okay. I'll show you." And I said, "Well, all right." Well, I was in front of him, so we get off the exit, I whip around there. I used to treat TJ's like it belonged to me, so I just pulled up at the fuel line and parked and got out. Well, Barry, and I feel this urgency on me, and uh, Barry, he pulls around, and he's got to get perfectly straight, and he's backing and pulling up, and, and I'm like, I jump on the side. I said, will you park for crying out loud? I said, I don't have long. we got to take care of this right now. So he said, okay, okay, and he pulls in and he clears some stuff off his passenger seat and he said, get on in here, sit down. So I get in there and I sit down and he said, uh, he said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. He said, give me your hand and repeat this prayer after me. So I gave him my hand and he said this little old prayer, I, I don't even remember what it was. But when he got done, he said, well, how do you feel? I said, that didn't work. He said, what do you mean that didn't work? I said, well, nothing's different. That didn't work, Barry. Whatever whatever this born-again thing is, that didn't do it. Is there something else we need to do? He said, no. That should have worked. And he fumbled around behind his driver's seat, and he pulled out a Bible about the size of a briefcase, <laughs> and he shoves it out there and said, put your hand on this. So I put my hand on it. He put his hand on top of mine. Same prayer, almost word for word. And at the end of that, I said, yeah, that didn't work either. And he said, what? I said, that didn't work either. And about the time I got either out of my mouth, he put his hand on my set, on my head and said, in the name of Jesus. And I don't remember what happened after that <laughs> for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. But when I began to come back to myself, I could tell that I've been crying a lot because the whole front of my shirt was soaking wet. Barry was pushed all the way against that door looking at me like I, you know, had committed murder or something. And... And uh, he, he was holding a roll of paper towels like, you know, don't come any near, don't come near me. And uh, I, I, I was wiping my face. I said, what's wrong? He said, I never knew somebody could do some of the things that you have been confessing for the last 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And I said, well, well I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> he said, no, it's wonderful. He said, it's just Golly, he said, I, you know, I thought I was a bad guy. <laughs> he said, but you've done some pretty rotten things, I guess. And I said, yeah, I don't even know. I don't. He said, yeah, and he said, that's because you're new. He said, that's, it's all brand new now. 
it's all been washed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can we I said, well, let's go in and get a cup of coffee. And I remember getting out of the truck and, and going, wow, there sure is a lot of stars out. Wow. And the, the air, can you smell the air there? That's <laughs> all brand look new. At the, huh? Look at the, the weeds growing over there. That's Look how green they are. But this was November in Minnesota. There shouldn't have been any weeds. But I can remember seeing green weeds and how green they were. Hmm. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really a wonderful thing because when, uh, when it comes like that, it's so real and so genuine mm-hmm. that there's no mistake in it. There's yes. no, you can't deny it. Mm-hmm. There's no way to deny the thing that happened to me on November the 11th at 1 11 a.m. 1994. The sky was partly cloudy, but there was a gazillion stars. It was about 39 degrees outside. Wow. And uh, I can remember vividly all the details of walking in that truck stop and the way the coffee smelled when we got in there. And then when we left there, we went up to, uh, we went up the road to, to Grafton, North Dakota, which is about another two hour drive. And we got up there to the, to the scale house up there and in those com- potato grown communities up there along the eastern side of, of North Dakota, they have, each community has a scale, a community scale that all the farmers help maintain and they pay for it. And, and you can go in there at night and weigh your truck because you know the farmers want to know how much of their product you're hauling. So you go weigh your truck when it's empty, you go back weigh it when it's full, mm-hmm. subtract the difference and that's how many of their potatoes you have on your truck. We got there to the scale house and and Barry said, well, let's just go ahead and weigh in, and then we'll pull out here and park, and uh, we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll get up in the morning and go to the, go to the potato warehouse. I said, all right. So we pulled around here and park, and I got come back here and jumped in his truck, and he wanted to pray some more for me, and he started to pray, and all of a sudden he started to shake real bad, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, okay. <laughs> and, and then he started speaking in tongues, and, and then he interpreted what he said, and basically what it was was uh, tonight I have received you as my son uh-huh. and uh, I had a dream that night and I dreamed about Centerpoint, Alabama and what happened to me then and when I woke up in the morning I knew that that summer in Centerpoint, Alabama he had God had committed himself to me hmm. and in November of 1994 is when I got born again. Wow! And that's a that's the long and the short of it. Now things things happened quickly after that. I, I can remember a lot of things. I've seen a lot of miraculous things in in a real short amount of time. That that really concreted it for me, and my heart was forever changed. My mind was forever changed. And no longer did I look at at religion the way I had looked at it. Before this encounter, on November the 11th, I'd count on one hand the times I'd been to a church. Wow. So, and something the Lord showed me afterwards was I didn't have a lot of religious hurdles to overcome. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of doctrine to undo. I didn't have anything. I was like a clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. So when when I heard Barry speak in tongues later that night, I, I didn't even know what it was, but I, I, I didn't think it was right or wrong. I just thought, well, hey, this is cool. God's speaking in some weird language through Barry, and he's talking to me. And he said he received me as his son. So, But that's a, I mean, there's a, I, there's a, I could go on and on about the things that, that transpired over the next several months. You know, we probably ain't got time for me to cover all of it. But, uh I seen some amazing things, and and uh, th- that's what he does when when you call on his name mm-hmm. and you you just go ahead and release your heart to him, mm-hmm. like I did that night. He will show you things. He will cause you to fall in love with him to such an extent that there's no way you can ever fall out of love with him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what happened to me. Awesome. <laughs> now I, you know, truck drivers. When they are facing a mountain, a mountain is a scary thing to a truck driver because you got 80,000 pounds pushing you down a hill. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go down the hill properly, then uh, a number of things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Your brakes can uh, overheat, and then you're basically going down the hill without any way to stop. Wow. 
That's why if you've ever been up in some of the mountains in Colorado, you see the runaway truck ramps. That's for truck drivers that don't understand how serious this is and they can drive in there and it it starts out like this deep in pea gravel, but it gets deeper and deeper and deeper the further into it you go and that pea gravel goes up in the frame and, and it slows the truck down and eventually stops it. When I began to understand how much God loved me and the things that Jesus had accomplished for me on the cross, I wouldn't tell God how big my mountain was that I was facing. I would I learned to tell the mountain how big God is. Right. Yeah. And and then I learned to speak to the mountain. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like a a rope that's shaped like a mountain. Mm -hmm. God will snatch it straight and make it level. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the mountain doesn't you can't even tell it was ever even there. Yeah. And that's those are the things that I learned. I learned I learned a lot of uh, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, of the foundational truths in the Bible pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. I, I got on a very serious uh, study regimen. I was I was reading 12 chapters a day. I did that for uh, four, three or four years. Wow. And never never missed a, not one. Because if I, if I fell short the day before, well I caught it up the next day before I started on the 12 chapters for that day. Mm -hmm. So I, I wore out, I wore out a couple of Bibles in the first year. Wow. And it's yeah. a, it hasn't let up yet. It's a, it gets better all the time. That's it's, right. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, we've we've been into this twenty something years. In um, in 1999, I came out of my bathroom. We were living in Fayetteville, Tennessee. I came out of my bathroom, took one step out of the bathroom, and it was like I was somewhere else. And I heard this word: spiritually minded ministries. Write it down. That's all I heard. Yeah. And uh, I've had glimpses and little snippets of visions since then about this. Awesome. But uh, yeah. I've recently come to learn that, that it's an end time ministry mm. and it's about to get started. Mm. So. Awesome. Yeah. And the website's been up for a while, but. The website has, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's just been parked there, I guess, reserved. We've kind of yeah. thought a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, I think we put up a uh, yeah. a prayer request thing, didn't we? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Have you got any response from that? Oh yeah, there's there's been uh, there's been right at forty thousand visitors. Wow. So which which ain't a lot over the course of a couple of years, but uh, I didn't realize it at first. But I was I was getting these things in my Gmail account, and it would say <laughs> submission form, and I'm like, oh, that looks like spam. Let's get out. I don't know how many of them I threw away before one day the the Spirit of God said, "Why don't you just look at it?" Mm -hmm. So I looked at it, and it was a prayer request from the website. Yeah. I don't know how many of them I threw away before that, <laughs> thinking, nah, it's a spam, it's a this or it's a that. But uh, yeah. So now when I see submission form open, most of them nowadays are uh, advertisements, you know. Mm -hmm. We right. can help you grow your website. We can right. help you help yeah. create 35,000 visitors an hour, yeah. or something like that, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, so I, I'm, and, and other people that know about the website, they're, they're concerned. You know, but I'm not. What is the website? What's spiritually minded ministries? Dot o r g. Dot org. Mm -hmm. okay. oh. Yeah, spiritually minded ministries. Dot o r g. Yeah. So if you want to, Scott is one. Scott and his wife Colleen are uh, prayer ministers. Ministers in our mm -hmm. church. Yeah. And man, they are, they get people. You, I'll see prayer ministers up there, and people just flock to Scott and Colleen. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Well, so it's an honor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we hold we yeah we hold that in very high esteem. Yes, yeah. you know, we don't take yeah. it lightly. Yeah. The privilege to pay pray for other people. Of course, you know we pray for a lot of people anyway. But mm -hmm. but to have them, you know, that's like your family. Yeah, right. And and they come up wanting yeah. prayer. Yeah, and they're trusting right. when they come up to you to right. pray with them. They're they're placing their trust in mm -hmm. you and that you will care for them and that you will pray, you know, with them with a heart that's with them and for them. Yeah, yeah and you know we 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 hear from the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord Lord directs our prayers. Yeah. I've, because I prayed prayers for people up there, and I'm like, man, I didn't know I, I didn't know I remembered that scripture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he brings everything to your remembrance. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> But on the flip side of his testimony, just a little bit prior to all this happening, I was This in, is where it gets interesting. I was in my bathroom. 
probably three to four weeks prior to his encounter with God. We had been partying, I mean drinking, living a lifestyle of unrighteousness, you know, not walking with God. And I was saved as a young, young child, eight years old, in a little Baptist church in Kermit, Texas, many, many, many moons ago. But um, And then strayed from God, you know, and not really followed with Him and served Him as my Lord and Savior. One night I had come home from a bar and had been, you know, pretty tipsy. <laughs> and uh, back then that's what we did. You know, we just partied and thought it was fine. You know, we just lived how we wanted to. But you get tired. It's like you're just like, I'm tired of this, the same old life, Lord. I want something different. I want to take me back to the fresh, the new. And in your heart, you know, you cry out. And I know he hears that cry, even the sinner's cry. He hears it. You are lost. He is constantly searching for his children and his loved ones and his his flock or whatever you want to call it. But I remember coming home and crying out like, Lord, just if you can do something with this life, just help me. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all I said. And went about my business and did my thing. You know, the next mm-hmm. day was the next day. And about three weeks later, he had come home and said, you know, all this stuff had happened. He had, he was bringing wait, a visitor wait, home. Wait a minute, that's right. See, I, yeah. I called her from Wisconsin, yeah. which wasn't unusual for me to call and say, hey, I'm bringing this buddy of mine to the house and he's mm-hmm. going to spend the night and then we're going to go to Birmingham or whatever. But And I called her and told her that I'm bringing <laughs> another friend home. And she's like, yeah, yeah whatever. whatever. Okay. You know, bring your friend home. Okay. So when he gets home, he's like, I was alone. He was by himself, and I'm she like, said, where's your friend? Yeah, where's your buddy? She's looking behind me at the door. <laughs> where's your buddy? He said, oh, I'm going to tell you all about it. And I'm like, you're acting I, I said, goofy. He's, he's in here. I said, he's in here. Yeah. And his name's Jesus. So, yeah, I thought he kind of got warped by the cult, you know, as they called it. Oh, it was, it was worse than that. Yeah, it was bad. I was ugly. She basically told me to leave. I cussed wow. him out, and I was like, I don't want to hear none of that religious crap, you know. I've been there, done that, blah, blah, blah. I had my own bad experience from, you know, church or religion or whatever. Okay. But I went to work. I worked at Lee Jean Manufacturing Company the next day after we had our little fuss and talk. And he's like, okay, I won't talk to you about it anymore. And my heart was just pierced, you know. <clears throat> and I used to know this lady <laughs> named Gail Sanders, and she had really just become a Christian and was really on fire for God. Uh-huh. So I'm here in the bathroom at the Lee Jean Manufacturing <laughs> Company where I worked at, and I'm thinking about what he said, I'm thinking about this Jesus, I'm thinking about when I was a kid and how the drawing, you know, when I was mm-hmm. saved and baptized, and you don't ever forget that. Yeah. You don't forget your first experience. So I'm thinking about all that, and and then I'm just crying in the stall, <laughs> and I'm going, oh my gosh, it's a bathroom experience, you know? And, <laughs> It's Jesus. He's mm-hmm. drawing you. So I get home and he's in the truck cleaning or something. And you want to pray? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead and pray with me. So we're praying in the truck and, you know, our life just turned miraculously yeah. then. And we've been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. We've seen miracles. We've seen healing. We've seen God come through where we would never think he would. And right. what he has done miraculous he's you know delivered from drugs addictions you know a worthless life he's delivered and he's always faithful so our mission is kind of I mean we put God first yeah and we're, we're people who love people <laughs> yeah. and we're just you know we just want to help and pray and minister to you and be there for you if you need something lift yeah. you up and encourage you and Tell you about the goodness of God in the land of the living, you know, and, and healing yeah. is um, is miraculous to us or myself, especially too, because I was, you know, I don't know how much time you got, but yeah. I was healed from um, it's documented, um, it was bone spurs, heel spurs in my feet, yeah, many years ago. It's been 20 plus years now, but um, I Went through it for like three and a half years, and they wanted to do surgery or orthotics, all this stuff, and the pain was gripping. And mm-hmm. when you're the one going through pain in your life, yeah, and hurting, and not understanding, mm-hmm. sometimes you just 
I don't know what else to do. But then you learn about your words. Mm -hmm. You learn about what you're speaking. And that was a big impact for him and I because we was really plugged in. Mm -hmm. We were learning about what the word says about us. We were learning about what the word says we're to say mm -hmm. out of our own mouth. And I chose not to have a surgery. I had, I'm not talking about against doctors or anything such like that because doctors bring healing through mm -hmm. medicine and technology or whatever. So I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. You were already saved when you had yes. this foot we were in Yes, we were okay. in church, plugged in, teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it, ministering mm -hmm. and walking okay. with the Lord. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I worked at um, Goodman Manufacturing and um, stood on my feet for many hours. Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe that had something to do with that. I'm not sure, but it started developing like fish hooks in the bottom of your feet that would bleed on the inside. Yeah. So they were very excruciatingly painful and the doctor would say, you know, well, you're gonna have to wear these special shoes. You might have to have this procedure. You might have to have the cut the band. And I'm like, no, I don't wanna do that. Yeah. So I was anointed with oil, prayed over, and for three and a half years, wow. pressed through, pressed through. And, you know, kept on pressing through. And Scott and I have learned that, you know, our words were very important. Mm -hmm. So we started speaking only what God said we could have. And we still, to this day, when we're faced with those mountains, we yeah. speak what God says. Mm -hmm. Because that brings health and healing. And he gave me so many scriptures, but one of the ones that I always stood on was, you know, in Romans 10. And... Um, 14 it says how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things that was one of the ones that I stood on because we wanted to have beautiful feet and bring good the good news about Jesus to people right. yeah if you're hurting and you can't hardly walk mm -hmm. how can you bring the good news That's right. right you know yeah. you gotta you gotta stand when you've done all you can do but mm -hmm. just stand mm -hmm. so we we uh really plugged in with our pastor we called him brother Baker mm -hmm. and um he's an awesome man of God and he anointed me and our church prayed over us this was in Fayetteville Tennessee on Monk's Road mm -hmm. many years ago but we knew that we were going to receive and I say we because we were in it together yeah, yeah. when I hurt he hurt mm -hmm. and when he hurts I hurt yeah. it's part of being you know married you're in it part together one, yeah. Yeah. yeah so he would speak to me when I was weak and encourage and uh -huh. speak the word and constantly lift up and yeah and then I would plug into the word and yeah really speak over my body and and knowing that salvation and the word of God how it does come it is awesome thing yes when you receive a miraculous divine healing like that but it did take a while yeah and um through that I learned never discount things that you go through because they're always it can bless someone else later on when yes. you you've been through so many things you can encourage you can mm -hmm. bless you can be a minister to someone else who has been down some rough roads or been delivered from some things that you've been delivered from or yes. whatever you can connect with those people mm -hmm. right but all in all god is good yes. and Amen. he is a healing god and mm -hmm. he's a delivering god and he loves his love is so great yes. that when you see that love manifest before you, it's just awesome. Yeah. So, in the bathroom many years ago when I was praying, I know God took that situation and he said, I'm going to have to get to him to get to you because he's the head. Mm -hmm. And the husband is the head. Husband. And when you look up to someone, as I looked up to him, I kind of put him on like a pedestal. Yeah. Of, um, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, being the strength or whatever. But through that all, I learned that the Lord is the head. Mm -hmm. And then your husband or your wife, you know, be encouraged. That's, I mean, that's pretty yeah. much my testimony on that yeah. as far as healing. And But we're still learning. Yeah. We're still blessing. We're still praying. And mm -hmm. 
and we are being spiritually minded in the last days. Amen. Amen. What you need to do. That's how right. You get through. Yeah. So we well, we hold it as an honor and a privilege to be on your show too, and yeah. to share the you good news. Yeah. With, yeah. With people around the world. That's around right. the world. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's a it's a being spiritually minded is really not going to be much of an option in the coming years when when this thing really begins to wind down and the time really begins to get close being spiritually minded is what's gonna allow us as believers to discern the truth of certain events that are going to be happening yes and uh if if you study your bible you know what's going to come there's going to be a lot of people running around saying he's over here he's over there Mm -hmm. and being spiritually minded you're going to be able to discern it's and that's not me saying that to promote anything about me this is just some of the stuff that uh that i've heard in my spirit about the spiritually minded ministries that's it's a that's going to be the the major thing you know it's a we're we're on the final frontier now yes we are there's there's not a lot left all the all the technology is in place all of the things are in motion the birth pangs you know of the earth have begun and you know if you compare it to a natural childbirth a woman ah well she has a birth pang here and one there it just signals that the time is approaching so I think that's where we're at the birth pangs that the earth is suffering you know the earthquakes and the different things that are happening in different places like it talks about in Matthew 24 we're starting to see those those are the birth pangs and Mm -hmm. it's uh we're we're entering into the final time yeah yeah that's why it's so important for today for your salvation don't wait yeah. If you're hearing this, then today make Jesus mm-hmm. your Lord and Savior. You yeah. know, right now. Yeah. Right. Don't right just now. put it off and say, oh, maybe one day. Yeah, that was a cool or testimony. The, yeah. Or I like yeah. the radio show. No, you get on your knees and you, yeah, you you pray. Mm-hmm. Right. And you receive Christ. Because you don't really know when your last day is. You That's never, right. You don't, you don't really know when the devil's or the enemy's going to come against you and, and <clears throat> snuff you out. If, right. you know. And if you have not received Lord uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have not confessed it with your mouth and believed it in your heart, mm-hmm. then you're going to be eternally s- separated from the Lord right. for eternity. Right. I mean, it's just that it's as simple as that. So you know, we don't want to scare you, but we want you. But we want you to be scared because this is a an eternal decision mm-hmm. that uh, you you have to make, and it's the most important decision that you will ever make in your entire life. Right. Uh, I've always said, you know, this is more important than you deciding what college you're going to go to, mm-hmm. what kind of job you're going to have, how much money you're going to make, how many kids you're going to have. It's more, it's, the, it's more important than anything that you're ever going to uh, decide in your entire life. And, it, and it's all about choosing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Right. Yeah. So don't take my word for it. I always tell you, you know, let's look at what the Word says. The Word says in Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, that mm-hmm. if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Right. And then over in 10 it says, For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right. <clears throat> and if you scoot on down to uh, Romans ten thirteen, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Not yeah. might be saved, mm-hmm. will be saved. Shall be. Yeah. You know, in the King James, it says shall be yeah. saved. And it also, it, it makes a reference to that in the Old Testament also. Mm-hmm. That uh, And I think it's in Joel that, where he says the same exact phrase. That, mm-hmm. you know, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. But the, the difference in the Old Testament says that they shall be delivered. Delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the New Testament, it says it, that they shall be saved. So at any rate, it's calling on the name of the Lord. Right. Yeah. Now, you can wait until your deathbed to do that mm-hmm. if you want. Mm-hmm. But I suggest that you don't wait that long because yeah. if you don't have a voice, then you cannot call on right. the name of the Lord. If you're unable to speak, right. mm-hmm. 
for whatever reason, a tragic accident or whatever, if you can't call on the name of the Lord, how can you be saved then? And nobody can make that decision for you either. No. That's right. You know, somebody can't pray you into the kingdom. That's right. And if you want to have an experience like I had, say, Lord, show me, give me some external signs just like yeah. Scott yeah. had. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah, yeah prove it. He, you, he's not afraid for you to hold his feet to the fire. Right. In fact, it's his good pleasure right. to, to, uh, to bring you into the kingdom. He's, it's not his will for any to perish but all to come to repentance. Right. Amen. Right. Yeah. And if you do wait so long, you miss out on the, the best part yeah. of life. I mean, right. it is, you know, so many people think, oh, Christians are boring. You know, oh, I would want to be one of those. They're just, <laughs> they have no life. And it's like, we have so much fun with God. I mean, God is a fun God. Yeah, he is. He, is. And, um, he invented fun. He did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're, you're really just missing out. You know, it's really living. It, it really comes down to two things. And, and if you if you look for the theme in the written word of God, it everything comes down to two things. It's either right or it's wrong. Yeah. It's either true or it's false. Mm -hmm. It's either black or it's white. It's either love or it's hate. Mm -hmm. It's either heaven or it's hell. It's right. it, it comes down to a decision of this thing or that thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's uh, he, he didn't say it would be easy. But he did say that it would be worth it. Right. You know, and like I tell people, if uh, before I got born again, I, I made a lot of money. Mm. I had a good time, but I only existed. Right. Yeah, yeah. Since I got born again, now I live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm alive. I'm more alive now than I was then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's life or death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, God's made it simple and, and easy. All that we have to do is believe and receive. Right. Yeah. So if you've been out there listening to this and you need to believe and receive. Yeah, if you have decided to yeah. believe and receive, yeah. it's yeah. a very simple process. Yes, yeah, and there's always hope for those people oh, that yeah. feel hopeless. Yeah, there's always hope. Yeah. There's healing for the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. There's deliverance for the captive ones. And Jesus is that deliverer. That's right. he's, the, he's the hope mm -hmm. in that hopeless situation. He's the restorer of the breach. Yeah. Right. He's the one that leads us, you know, every step of the way. It, I used to tell people that you don't have to be strong to take the first step towards the cross, but you do have to take the first step. Yeah. That's right. My friends that I used to run with before I got born again, when they found out what had happened to me, I had one of them one day ask me, he said, do you really think you need that crutch? I said, well, I, I never thought of it as a crutch. Yeah. And he said, I'm strong enough to stand on my own, but I, I knew that uh, I thought I was a strong man. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, that I was a self-made man and that I was a, a an important man in, in the side of my family and all that, and, and which I was. Yeah. A lot of people looked up to me, but I never knew what a how strong you had to be until I decided to make that first step. That's why I told Barry that night, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. That didn't work either. Yeah. Jesus works. Yes, yeah, does. Jesus does work. Yeah. So if you are ready to uh, change your eternal address, mm -hmm. if you are ready to receive what Jesus has for you, what, what he's already provided, mm -hmm. I would like for you to pray this prayer out loud with me. And not only just, let, don't let these be just words that are coming out of your mouth. Let it come from your heart and really mean what you're about to say. And we will, you will see a, you, you may be like Scott and say, oh, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But if you truly believe these words from your heart, whether you feel something or not, it works. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So pray this. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are my Lord and Savior. By faith in your word, I receive salvation now. Thank you, Father, for saving me. And I receive your Son as my Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 And now there is, there is angels in heaven yes. rejoicing. Yes. Amen. Yes.
There's a huge party. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, Mm -hmm. there is a huge party in heaven in your honor. (laughs) And when you get there, every resident there will run up to greet you and say, I remember. Because they said, hold up. There's a party because so-and-so just repented. Praise God. Amen. So the very moment that you do receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like like Scott said, there is there is not only a party in heaven, but there is there's there's more to life than just saying those words. Mm -hmm. And we always want to make sure that you have the ability to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what our our ministry is all about: teaching others to teach others. So we want to make sure that you have resources at your at your beck and call. Uh, and if you may not have a, you may, may have just prayed that and don't have a Bible. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to get in touch with us uh, on our website. You can go to themessengersradio.com, and there's a contact us button there. And if you will fill that form out, that'll go directly to both Tricia and myself. Or uh, right above that is our individual emails. If you want to email just one of us and mm-hmm. not the other, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like sure why, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you do that. Uh, let, let us know if we need to be believing yeah. for you in something, yeah. if yeah. we need to be praying for you for something, if we need to get you some kind of materials out to, to study, yes. if we need to send you a, a Bible, mm-hmm. whatever you need, uh, let us know uh, to, to help you grow. And that's the main thing, that you don't stay stagnant in the words that you just said, mm-hmm. that you need to be growing mm-hmm. yeah. in more ways than one. Because yeah. uh, once you make that decision, the enemy will come against you. And, you know... It's, it can be, uh, it, it can, so many people make that decision and then they stop mm-hmm. and then they fall back into their old life. Yeah. And, you know, backsliding is something that uh, I've done in the past. And that's what uh, a lot of people do. But God is always there with his open arms waiting for you to come yes, back. Yes, he is. So don't be discouraged, but be encouraged mm-hmm. as you've made that, that eternal decision. So we just thank you guys so much uh, for listening today, and I want to thank Scott and Colleen yes, so much for coming mm-hmm. to our to our house to record this. And it's getting warm in here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but we love you guys. Yes, thank you guys, and we uh, come, go to our website and check us out, and uh, uh, we'll put up Scott's website also on the website on our website. Yeah. So a website with a website. <laughs> <That's right>. Awesome. <laughs> bye, bye, guys. Bye. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening to The Messengers. And don't forget to visit us at our website, www.themessengersradio.com.